Welcome to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. We are delighted to have you with us. Dr. Perry is an associate medical director and a physician at WellMed at Redbird Square in Dallas, completed her master's degree at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth, earned her medical degree at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and her master's in public health from the University of North Texas. Dr. Perry's undergraduate degree from the Prairie View A&M University. She is PV through and through. Dr. Perry is board certified in family medicine by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Medicine. And when she is not playing doctor, Dr. Perry loves traveling and has been trying to get to all seven continents. And as we found out a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Perry, you're doing pretty well on that journey. I am. I, I have Australia and Antarctica left. So I've been um, taking a survey of my friends. And, and, <laughs> and in a few years, believe it or not, Ron, I turned big five zero. I know. I know it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Hard it's to believe. hard to believe. <laughs> but so that's what I want to do for my 50th birthday. But I haven't gotten very many takers with the Antarctica trip, believe it or not. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I think that's pretty cool. And I, uh, yeah, I hope yeah, you I make it. Too. I hope you make yeah. it and look forward to hearing from you from Antarctica. We could do a Zoom call. Yeah, we could do a Zoom call. You know, my goal was to be the first black woman in Antarctica, and I wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records. I mentioned this because it's the wonderful Black History Month. However, comma, I learned that some lady beat me, some PhD smart lady beat me in the 70s. So I was like, I'm about 35, 40 years behind, but that's okay. I still want to go. Well, she could have used a lot more visibility because we don't remember it, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now we're, we're going to take up a really, really important topic. Uh, taking a look at stigma around mental health as we charge through Black History Month. And we've got a very special guest joining us, Dr. Jacqueline Carruthers. She's a physician at Wellman at St. Edwards in Houston, earned her medical degree from the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio, now called UT Health, completed her residency at UT Southwestern in St. Paul Medical Center in Dallas. Dr. Carruthers' specialty is internal medicine, undergraduate degree from the University of St. Thomas, in Houston, and when she is not doing doctor stuff, she loves riding one of her five horses, does a lot of fishing, and she mounts that Harley and heads off onto the highway. Look out, here comes Dr. Carruthers. Here she well, comes, ja here she comes. <laughs> Jacqueline, first of all, thank you for joining us. Second of all, Absolutely. your hobbies, fishing, horseback riding, riding that Harley, all give you peace of mind and positive mental health That's right. contributions, That's right? right. That's right, Ron. That's right. That's exactly why I do it. Exactly why I do it. You've got to find a space that makes you happy in life. And you got you to gotta go to that space regularly. And so I learned that a long time ago. Medicine is just very, very stressful. And you've you got to find that peace in life. And, that, and that's what I do. I get on my Harley and I ride all around Houston, and I go to the, the back roads. I don't go on the freeway very much because uh, I'm not that good of a rider, but I, I get on those back roads uh, and, and watch the deer and the birds and listen to my music, 
and it, it is just heaven for me. And you wear a helmet. And I wear a helmet. Yes. Very good. Now, Dr. Carruthers, do you belong to a bike club? No, no. Okay. I, I, I am a, uh, I'm a very independent kind of person. I don't, I don't ride horses with a group. I don't ride bikes with a group. You know, I just kind of do my own thing. Oh, and and, and, and that piece, that, that piece is what causes me to be that way. You, you got to cool. be quiet. Cool. You got to chill and calm down. And that, but, that is the reason why. You know, whenever we're driving in a car and uh, my wife and I, and we see somebody riding a, my, a motorcycle without a helmet, and my wife immediately says, well, good. We'll take him out of the gene pool. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was I was early in my career as an undergraduate and I was doing an undergraduate medical program at UNT, one of the surgeons there told me, he said, in Texas, they call motorcycles donor cycles because a lot of the donor, you know, organ donations come from people who do not wear their helmets. Yeah, well, you're right. It, yeah, it makes no sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's a choice, well, I, I guess I, they make. It's, it's a choice. It's a choice. They, they, you, you know, a lot of people that don't put their helmets on just really want to be seen. So they're riding bikes trying to get everybody else to see them. Interesting. You know, but I, I, I ride bikes for a completely different reason. I'm, I'm just at peace. Uh, I love the speed of them. I, uh, I, I get out on the back roads and just kind of enjoy myself. I don't get on the freeway very much. So I'm very careful about it. And you mentioned you're 50. I'm 58. So you, you kind of live in as you learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be more yeah. careful. Well, I'm 81, and you guys are young pups, so let me... You uh, cannot be 81. No Thank way. you very much. Let, let me let folks who are just joining us know you're listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by Wilmed. We're delighted to have you with us. The award-winning Docs in a Pod, available not only on the radio, but on podcast as well, and wherever you get your podcast, you can find Docs in a Pod. So, Dr. Carruthers, uh, the, the topic of stigma and mental health, is not new. It's been around a long time, but that mm -hmm. stigma continues. Uh, a mm -hmm. friend of mine who's a psychiatrist says, you know, if you labeled mental illness a brain disease, people wouldn't have so much stigma about it. What, what mm -hmm. is that stigma all about? You know, I, I think it's, I think it's historical. If you, if you kind of, if we're talking about African-Americans now, because uh, the stigma I think is in, in America, in the world in general, but in African-Americans, I think it's really cultural. You know, we, we come from a people that, that are very hardworking people. You know, if you think about days when we picked cotton and did this or did that for other folk, uh, you can't be weak. You know, you, you got to get out there and just handle whatever you know, it is. You got to handle it. You're absolutely right, Dr. Crothers. The other piece of that stigma is, is that it's tied to our cultural religious beliefs. And a lot of times the patients will inform me and, and, and family members too is, oh, if I admit that I have depression, then mm -hmm. that is an admission that my faith is not there. So, mm -hmm. so I'm mm -hmm. going to pray it away. I'm yeah. not going to claim it. And what I tell patients, you better claim yeah. it, conquer it and get rid of you it. Better. Because if you, you don't better. claim it, it's going to claim you. And yeah. just because you have depression and you seek treatment doesn't mean you're not mm -hmm. a faithful person. And it doesn't That's mean right. that God is looking down poorly upon you. So right. that, that comes right. and, and mental health isn't something that, you know, we can do a test for and be like test positive or you can see yourself coughing up blood or you can feel the abdominal pain. People mm -hmm. 
like to say if there's not a physical manifestation or a test saying positive, then there's nothing wrong with me. Right. Which is and yet, totally uh, not true. You know, in both of your practices, uh, at least once a year, you do a mental health screening, a depression screening with your patients. Do you not, Dr. Carruthers? Yeah, we do. We do. And I get, I get a lot of honesty. I, I have patients who talk to me all the time. I'm, I'm kind of one of those doctors that's kind of regular. And they kind of they sense me as a person that they can confide in. So we, we sit and talk about all kinds of things. And they talk to me about feeling depressed. And a lot of times you just have to have a conversation and that's it. You don't have to have medicine. You don't have to go see a psychiatrist. You don't have to do anything. If you had a good friend, good family member that you could talk to on a regular basis about depression or anxiety or any kind of mental health issues, sometimes that is just what the doctor orders. Well, we know that community wide, one in four people will suffer from some form of a mental health issue, very often depression. And Dr. Carruthers, when you talk to your patients, uh, you mentioned the stigma. Are they embarrassed? Are they ashamed? Are they afraid? You, you know, I think it, it's probably a combination of, of all that. I think I think the embarrassment is, is something that, that people are, are most afraid of. You know, Ron, I suffer from depression. I have anxiety and I, I have recognized it just about my entire life. And, and that's why we go to this, this space, this peaceful space that, that helps you kind of conquer those type of things. So I talk to my patients about that. But, but I think it's, it's, it's really fear of somebody thinking that you're weak and um, not accomplished or you can't manage something on your own without a medication. I think that's a lot of it. And, and you make a good point, Dr. Carruthers. You make an excellent point. People think that you should be able to like shake it off, you know, yeah. brush it off your shoulder. And it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. work like that. So you have to find ways to increase those happy hormones in your brain, right? So people who are clinically right. depressed have lower levels of serotonin, epinephrine, norepinephrine, mm -hmm. dopamine in their brain. What can we do to raise those dopamine levels, serotonin levels? And I'm not talking about having a drink or, or um, smoking that natural herb that comes from the earth. That's not what I'm talking about. Yes, it'll raise that dopamine levels, but you're going to have other consequences on the back end, right? So right. Is, it, is it FDA approved safe medications? Is that mm -hmm. psychotherapy? Is it riding my Harley? Is it listening to music? Is it prayer? Going to a, a self-help group, whatever you need to do to raise those happy hormones in your brain so you feel even keel. Right. That's what we right. need to work on. Well, yeah. when you mentioned alcohol and, and Dr. Carruthers, you probably see this in some of your patients. A lot of people will self-medicate. They're not feeling right. They know they're feeling down. And so they begin looking for a substance, sometimes mm -hmm. alcohol. Or as mm -hmm. Dr. Perry mentioned, that product that comes grown in the earth that they'll mm -hmm. smoke or swallow or what have you. Uh, and, and, and yet those really don't combat depression, do they? No, they, they really don't. They just kind of cover it up. You know, and, and I've had people to come to me and just feel fatigued, just tired, tired all the time. I've done every blood work that you can imagine, every kind of stress testing, everything. And there's nothing physically that makes them fatigue. And so in the long run, it's depression. And that's what you have to get them to sit down and recognize that they are depressed. And yes, I, I need to do something about it. 
Now, the, the answer, the solution is very different depending on the individual. As I mentioned, sometimes just talking to someone, your doctor, your pastor, your friend, your family member, it is enough. You know, there are also, Dr. Perry mentioned some of the hormones and the chemicals in your brain. You can even go to the, the vitamin shop and get some vitamins that, that help balance depression out or balance your mood out. Tryptophan is one of those uh, proteins that you can use to help increase the serotonin in your system. And the serotonin is what kind of is one of those happy hormones. So there's a lot of kind of natural things that you can do, too. So if we look right. at like... Hang on just a second, Dr. Uh -huh. Perry. We're going to come right back to the two of you. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Our special guest today, Dr. Jacqueline Carruthers, a well-med physician at St. Edwards, uh, located in Houston, and Dr. Tamika Perry, our co-host on Docs in a Pod. Turning 65, it's time for an important choice, deciding what Medicare coverage is best for you. WellMed can help. When you become a WellMed patient, you can connect our primary care with a Medicare Advantage plan. WellMed doctors and care teams spend quality time with you, listening and learning about your health. WellMed and a Medicare Advantage plan could be right for you. Choose WellMed. Learn more at 866-433-5048. That's 866-433-5048. Well, thank you so much for staying with us right here on the award-winning Docs in a Pod, available on podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and our special guest today, Dr. Jacqueline Carruthers. She's at WellMed at St. Edwards. And Dr. Carruthers, we began talking about uh, really putting a focus, since this is Black History Month, uh, on the stigma of mental health, especially within the African-American community. And you said something that's really very important, uh, and that is talk to someone if you feel as if you're struggling with a mental health issue. You mentioned a pastor, a friend, a neighbor. Are those folks trained to understand what's going on? No, they're not trained. They're not trained. And I don't think it, it requires all the time uh, complete training. I think, I think empathy is important. I think just being able to listen to a person is important. Um, but sometimes people need to go to the psychiatrist and really sit down, hash through what the details are that, that make you depressed, and maybe consider some medication. So, so the answer is not the same for everyone. I'm sorry. Dr. No, no, no. Dr. Carruthers, you're absolutely right. And this is where you need to have a great relationship with your primary care provider. So mm -hmm. you're going to come to Dr. Carruthers, you're going to come to myself, whoever your PCP is. And when you talk through these issues and we identify there may be anxiety, depression, whatever the case is there. Then one of the first things I ask is, do you, if in my mind I have ascertained it's mild depression, anxiety, maybe even grief or a single episode, what is your support system? Do you have a support system at church? Do you have a support system at home? And like Dr. Crothers said, that may be it. And maybe some tryptophan, maybe some valerian root over the counter, which helps mm -hmm. calm you down, helps help you sleep. Now, if we determine through like the PHQ-9 questionnaire, there may be suicidal ideation there. Or what is the a PHQ-9? 
Very good. The patient health questionnaire number nine, that's what we use to kind of weed out are these depressive symptoms or not? These nonspecific symptoms are you having? Can they be in the realm of depression? Right. In fact, number four in there, Dr. Carruthers mentioned earlier was, are you feeling fatigue lately? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can't find right. a physiologic reason why. Right. That's the fourth right. question on, on the PHK-9. What are some of the other questions? Well, that's a great, great question. Ron. So the first question is, um, do you have little interest or pleasure in doing things that you normally do? That is called anhedonia, the inability to do things that normally give you pleasure. So if you love going to the movies every Friday and now you say, I just don't feel like it. I'd rather be in my room in the dark. It's anhedonia. And then the second mm-hmm. question is, do you feel blatantly, it says, sad, depressed, down, mm-hmm. hopeless? Mm-hmm. It goes on to ask about weight changes, appetite mm-hmm. changes. Are you talking or moving more slowly than you normally do? Do you think about hurting yourself or anyone else? And then it asks you the degree of these, these symptoms. Like, is it mild, moderate, severe? Is it, is it overtaking your life? Can you not work because of it? And so from all this, Dr. Carruthers and I can say, okay, what pathway of treatment do we need to go from here? Do we mm-hmm. just need to counsel with our pastor? Or mm-hmm. do we need to see a psychiatrist? Do we need a counselor? Do we need to start a serotonin selective reuptake inhibitor, a medicine that directly addresses serotonin, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it really is important to kind of check in with your doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone mm-hmm. should have a primary care doctor someone that you can trust and talk to. I think it's real important that you check in with them. You know, we, we talked about some of the physiological uh, changes. Um, menopause. Let's talk about mm-hmm. menopause a, a second. Uh, I'm 58. And at about 50, I started feeling very agitated, just agitated, couldn't sleep, just restless. And I figured out I'm going through menopause and I'll be doggone if I don't see a lot of women come to me with just agitation and inability to sleep. I put them on an SSRI, which is a Zoloft or Effexor or Lexapro. Some of those are very common medications and the symptoms absolutely go away. So insomnia, agitation, when you get to a certain age, that's a sign of depression also. And, you know, thank you, Dr. Crothers, for giving me something to look forward to in three years. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting there. I, I, already get, I already have my personal summers. So now I have yep. something else to look forward to. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, but you make, you make a absolute valid point. You know, in all communities, most certainly the African-American community, but all communities, you know, I have in my practice, people don't recognize these non-specific symptoms that have mm-hmm. to do with mm-hmm. mental changes, you know, mm-hmm. mood that's change. Right. Yeah, it's, very it's non-specific. Think about concentrating. Think about concentrating right. abilities. That, that's one thing that's real common. You know, if, if you're not able to focus on your job or you don't do your job as well as you used to, you know, that's a sign of depression. Any kind of change like that could be depression. And can people who are around you, your loved ones, your coworkers, your friends, uh, can they identify those kinds of issues? And if so, how do you bring it up with somebody? Do you say, you know, Dr. Perry, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about you. You're not the same to make a Perry I used to know. Most certainly. Um, Dr. Carruthers will probably agree that a lot of times it is the, the, the spouse, the children who will say, 
please help me, help my mom, help me help my mom, or help me help my dad, because they're not as perky. She doesn't bake as many cookies for the grandkids, you know? <laughs> you know, whatever your normal activities that you like to do, and Dr. Carruthers and I will either kind of push the issue of counseling or a support group or an SSR on the patient. And when they come back, the patient may be like, well, it didn't do nothing for me. And the family members behind them going, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so much better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So many a times it is the loved ones who bring this to our attention. And you listen to them as a doctor. Absolutely. We're with you for 15, 20 minutes during the exam and you're with them 24 seven. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You know, my approach to medicine is, is kind of a team approach mm -hmm. where, you know, I take care of seniors for the most part. But if the children are available, they come in the exam room. If I need to have them on the cell phone while we're in the exam room, we do that. You mm -hmm. know, but but the family, the extended family is very, very important in managing the emotional health of, of people. You know, and, and you mentioned you mentioned before, excuse me, uh, Dr. Perry, you, you mentioned uh, suicidal ideation. Now, that is something that uh, kind of red flags kind of go up. Right. When, when you hear somebody say, I don't want to be here anymore, mm -hmm. or I thought about suicide, that puts it on a whole nother scale. And when, when that happens, I usually pick up the phone, call a psychiatrist, try to get that person an appointment right away, or send them to the emergency room. It's something you got to pay attention to. Yes, very much so. And there let us go. remind folks that there is now a national suicide hotline, 988 is the number. And if indeed you or someone you know is feeling uh, suicidal or talking about ending it all, 988 can be an emergency line if you can't uh, get a hold of a medical provider. We do not want you to ignore symptoms of I'm tired more. I don't just feel like doing things that I used to like to do. Why am I moving slower? Just like when people ignore, I've been peeing a lot, thirsty a lot, or hungry a lot. Guess what, homie? You're probably diabetic. So, and on the same token, guess what, homie? You may be depressed. That is what Dr. <laughs> Dr. Carruthers and myself are for. Tell us this is happening when you come into the office. That's like on the Maury Povich show, survey in, you're depressed. <laughs> We're depressed, right. <laughs> When you, you guys look are great. At, you guys are great. I yeah, love when, you. Thank you. When you look <laughs> at the stigma associated with uh, mental illness, uh, and in some professions, uh, there have been real uh, downsides to acknowledging you have a problem. The military, for example, for years mm -hmm. reacted very negatively to somebody seeking mental health counseling. Uh, how do you change those viewpoints, Dr. Carruthers, so that people understand most of these issues are treatable. Yeah. You know, you know, Ron, I actually think a lot of that is changing. And you know what's changing for us? These millennials. Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. kids go on mental health breaks. I have never, ever, ever heard anybody talk about mental health like these young people do, these 20-year-olds or teenagers that are in high school. You know, and I, I honestly think that is changing. I think the stigma is being lifted. And I'm, I'm very encouraged by that. That's very healthy. Mm -hmm. Extremely. Extremely. When, when you take a look at your patient population, uh, looking because this is Black History Month, although we ought to look at it year round. When you look mm -hmm. at the African-American population, uh, the incidence of mental health issues about the same as everywhere else. What about those seeking treatment? Is that much lower? 
Yeah, that's a big problem. It's a big problem. You know, and, and it wasn't until I actually got into my residency that I realized how significant mental health uh, challenges are in the African-American community. I see schizophrenia on a regular, uh, people that are paranoid on a regular. I see delusional people on a regular. I mean, there are so many mental health crises in the African-American community. And then they won't take any medication. You can't mm -hmm. get them to take the medication. You can even, they, we have medicine now where you can give an injection once a month. They won't even take the injection. Because once again, there's a stigma associated with it. Stigma. Yeah. There's a stigma. That's yeah. admitting you have a problem. That's right. That's admitting you have wow. a problem. That's right. right. You should be you should be able to pray it away. And yeah. I tell my patients, well, you know what? The the Heavenly Father told me to tell you to take your medicine. Uh-huh. You answer. know what? Next conversation needs to be the black church. <laughs> it does. That's it does. something that needs to be addressed because they are giving some wrong information on healthcare. Well, unfortunately, we don't have time now to talk about it. So and you probably let's make don't a... want to have time. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. And, and we'll get uh, uh, Sharice Pendleton, one of our producers, is a fly on the wall listening to this, and she'll figure out yeah. how to do that program. She'll be back in touch with you. But we are out of time. You're a delight to talk to, Dr. Jacqueline Carruthers and uh, Dr. Tamika Perry, Thank as you. always. You're the best. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. Associate producer is Sharice Pendleton. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Be sure and listen next week to Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. <laughs>